Hello, welcome back to the Bits and Pieces podcast. This is episode number nine, and I am Nevada Drew, and I'm always, I'm always, as always, joined by George. And Hello, Gav. Hello. It's always exciting to know which which order you're gonna you're gonna call us out in. <laughs> I was. Like, uh, there was a point. Was a moment of tension where I wait for who's in Nevi's favor this week. <laughs> there was a point in that intro where i was i just suddenly felt very tired <laughs> and i was i forgot what i was doing <laughs> so yeah um i mean we you you always we always ask us how we are but how are you nevi how are you doing tired i've just done my tax return today on my on my saturday <laughs> saturday day off I've, oh boy i've uh, yeah spent three hours doing that so that was that was fun getting that weekend feeling yeah yeah i had a right crazy one today <laughs> yeah i've not left the house and i've wrapped myself in several blankets to suffer through the cold and my terrible electric heating uh, yeah i feel i feel for you we've uh my house's central heating has lost central heating for until next week the end of next week so no hot water or warmth that is tough who needs it gonna 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 warm myself on the uh the heat of my hot takes yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's that's why we'll probably kick off with the news, just so I can get myself warmed up oh. <laughs> for the uh, for the podcast. <laughs> nice, very good. Right, so yes, um, what news should we start with then? The shit news. Well, or the we don't usually do the news, news, but I mean, neither like what I mean. One of these is technically news. One of these is kind of old news, but we were like, we've got the the. Uh, the FCC in the US have voted to repeal the Open Internet Act, which has been hailed as the death of net neutrality, yeah. which has a lot of very bad implications for people that enjoy video games, especially in America. I mean, l- luckily, we don't live there, so we'll only see the knock-on effect yeah. if it sets a precedent and companies try to copy. Yeah. But we've also got... The new, well, not really news, but there was the uh, the video game awards happened, and we got to see the trailer for Death Stranding, which is Hideo Kojima's future game. And oh boy, is it a trailer! It's the weirdest trailer I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the uh, if yeah, if you're living in America, it's not a great time to be enjoying video games because I mean, things like caps for how much you can download in a month will become a thing if they want they can they'll try and sell you faster downloads for things like steam oh so yeah so so silly question right um i remember before in the deep dark reaches of the past uh internet caps being a thing here Mm, i had cap internet um i was wondering like uh Obviously, it's it's a different thing, isn't it? I suppose, but it's kind of similar ground. Well, it, I think like they internet caps did come back. Like they'd they do so, exist. Like, yeah, yeah, they do exist, and they definitely were here. And I think I think now the norm here has become like unlimited. Yeah, as just like you, everyone requires more and more bandwidth. Yeah. Um, but I know I was reading one account of I think it was in like Atlanta through the ISP there. I can't remember which one. I think it was Comcast. Like. For a while, the only they were the only ones, and basically, like certain like one like uh, the guy's account was saying that like for a couple of years, they had this like three hundred gigabyte 
um, like download cap or like, well, actually, like not even like basically internet cap before I imagine they charged you more. But I mean, like game, like he was, and that was like in a shared house, like, a, you know, game, like, especially if you're gaming, like games are like 40 gigabytes now for newer releases. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, total, total war was huge. Like you're living in a house with a couple of people. Suddenly that's like two games a month plus a couple of hours of watching videos. All right, 200 gigs is nothing, eh? No, it's, it's, you've done yeah, and, and, yeah, if you like regularly uninstall and install stuff in your Steam library, that's that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're gonna see, yeah, you're gonna see tons of internet like people trying to push like special gamer packages where it's like oh, totally. more to get faster. Yeah, faster, faster speed. speed. Just like like this was the thing. Like in I think in in China, this was what got. Um, uh, battlegrounds in hot water because they 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 had adverts on their like on the main menu, and one of the adverts was for a service which was like subscribe to our service and we'll route you through the best servers and increase your internet speed. But <laughs> yeah, I see those like, sometimes. I've, I've seen those adverts in like YouTube videos. Um, I've always wondered if they actually work or if they're just uh, complete snake oil, but. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it all depends. And also, it depends on kind of where the costs end up. Like, internet service providers could end up just going to a company like Steam and saying, "If you, you know, like, we'll do a deal with you and give you like priority, sort of fast lane streaming. If you, you know, if if, if you kind of sign an exclusive, pay us a big lump of money deal. So you might mm. you might end up with like, I mean... so or you might so you might even end up with like different. So you might end up with like Origin being like, "Oh, we've got the the exclusive deal with internet service provider, so the Origin downloads are way faster than Steam downloads." I, uh, I think. Well, a, a good rule of thumb, as always, is that if there's ever a question of who will end up footing the bill, it's usually the customer. But I, I suppose there is a chance that it might become competitive in that way as well. Mm. But uh, one thing I have heard is. Uh, um it does need to go through congress as well this thing it's not quite done yet i think the fcc is just one step in the process but obviously since uh Uh, the whole u.s government is republican at the minute i think there's it seems unlikely to get stopped i think it's eric schneider who i think is uh is attempting to sue uh basically over basically like there was one of the like basically there was a whole there were like two uh, just a ton of comments were left on the like fcc website which was supposedly in support from it, but then they all turned out mm. to be fake, essentially like from bots. Oh. And so they're right. trying to sue over that. Yeah, I think there's there's some there's there's some weird stuff, right? I, I think part of it would be that there's a lot of uh there would be a lot of fake comments submitted because like there's a lot of weird people on the internet now um, <laughs> who are just like I, I don't know it's like super partisan I guess and are just really really keen on you know. Yeah, the Trump train, mm. and will will uh, do anything, go any extremes to uh, own the libs, uh, and th- that I imagine would extend to posting three million fake comments saying, uh, "Yes, get charging me more to access Twitter is extremely good." Yeah, well, like you, you could, uh, like you see it, you see it on uh, mobile internet packages here. Like you get kind of special priority for some things. Like I think um, like three will yeah. say, oh, if you're streaming Netflix. It doesn't doesn't count towards your uh, like data allowance for the month. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And you just yeah, get more and more one. like deals and stuff where it's like it just kind of crushes um competition. Yeah. It's just been another example of America putting corporations ahead of people. It's been a month of that. I mean the, the tax anyway. reforms basically did that as well. Did you see the paperwork for the tax reforms? Like they had like with all like the big crossings out and like notes at the margin <laughs> and stuff. It's like what this is a, a government document that they're gonna decide how the yeah, works over something like they were given two hours to look over it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what? <laughs> it's a it's a bad time of, over there. Anyway, but uh, this is the bits and that's the yeah. bits and politics podcast. Yeah. yeah, CDC banned from using the term evidence based in uh, documents next year. But moving on, right? <laughs> We've got the death stranding <laughs> trailer, the bits and diseases <laughs> podcast. <laughs> From one insanity to another, we've got we've the Death got, Stranding. We've got trailer. the Death Stranding trailer, which is Hideo Kojima's next game. So he left. Uh, I completely Konami. forgot. Konami, yeah, completely blanked yeah. on the stu- on the studio. Uh, yeah, to <laughs> found to found his own studio, or yeah, yeah. still I, don't know, I can't remember the the I mean, disagree. Something there was a falling out. Um, yeah, because he, I think he had he had been. He was really excited to do Silent Hill, and then that was cancelled, and yeah, he left, and he had been on that, uh, and so now he's yeah. leading Kojima Productions, and they are producing Death Stranding, in yeah. with some with that features Mads Mikkelsen, Norman Reedus, and Guillermo del Toro is creatively involved somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I believe I believe he is a character in the game, also right. I mean, what the, what, what the game is actually like, it's unclear. Like, I think uh, he in a comment he said that back when Metal Gear Solid first came out, no one knew what a stealth game was, so it was called an action game. And we're yeah. going to redefine in the same way we're going to... No one... There's no term for this game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, Which is... That's uh, like... <laughs> I'd say that's uh, Kojima-esque, but at the same time... Like a, a a note of Molyneux on the palette, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, Vegas fuck is also the right point. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I remember reading one of those. Like he did, he did do some kind of thing detailing stuff. Not really. Yeah. Something about the. Uh, wasn't there some weird thing about humans learning to play with a stick and and that kind of thing and like uh, combat gameplay and other stuff. Like it was just complete gibberish really but i don't know I, i'd have to i've not refreshed my memory on that in a while yeah we uh yeah so they released this like i think it's a nine minute trailer it's very long which is a yeah. uh it's basically it's, it's, it's a cinematic there is a, of, of a little sort of short almost uh featuring it's like an around Norman Reedus. yeah it reminds me of those kind of, you know, yeah seem to get like like before the games like start menu opens up of like what's been happening in the world almost a bit and then it yeah and it kind of yeah kind of opens up and norman Reedus is giving us a little bit of like slam poetry about how the world is formed almost and, yeah. and it kind of gets weirder from there like it's it does it's very odd like as in like it gives you no indication as to really what's going on about anything it makes you kind of just go Huh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, like I don't it's very, think like it's made to describe... go. 
I don't think it's maybe go, yeah, cool, that looks like a game I want to buy. That makes you go, that looks like a weird thing that is probably not going to be very good because it's just kind of, I feel like it's just trying to be weird to be weird because it wants to be weird. It doesn't. Wait, so like, to try and describe the trailer, there, Norman Reedus wakes up, he's on some sort of like scientific mission, like they're in sort of an overturned buggy and there's corpses of his team and then a guy that's trapped under the car rapidly ages and invisible ink monsters kill them and then gravity breaks it does and And then a crab floats all the way up to the moon and his his compact like the guy he's with stabs himself to death yeah and then hand but not before handing him a canopic jar containing a live baby. Yes. Or fetus I mean, almost. It's still got an umbilical cord attached to yes. something. And, and there's a giant man holding oh, yes. ropes yes. connected to the, the earth. Yeah. They just sort of float. Oh, and then, got, got little then his face explodes. Yeah. And they've all got sort of these funny backpacks that have sort of sensors that are showing them these invisible monster things with like a clapping light. Big, yeah. It's, 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 like, it's sort of like a reading light on an arm, and then it claps when it's when there's uh, when there's nasties nearby. A bit like Kojima does the Pixar thing, kind of. Yeah, it's except like, it's attached to someone. Yeah. If uh, yeah, if the Pixar lamp was co-opted as some sort of like sci-fi alien detector, and then yeah, it's very it, odd. It's weirder. Like, and then Norman Reedus is in the ocean. And oh, yeah, yeah. there's a baby inside of him that gives you, gives us a thumbs up. Oh, goes through his mouth. Yeah, that it was well straight. <laughs> that is that is Norman Reedus's funky fetus. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he's next to a big crater, and yeah, we get a like... little bit. We get the the sort of end of his little poetry. There's more floating guys. Yeah, but I go, mean, well, that was strange. On with life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like how it's like Metal Gear Solid Five had a lot of we- equally weird supernatural things. Like it had a man that was on fire and a child that floated around wearing a gas mask. Yeah. So far, none of that's been like. I, I admit I haven't played completely to the end, but seventy-five percent of the way through, with the main boss defeated, none none of that's really like. It's all just been that addressed. Metal. That metal archaea stuff—it's just parasites I mean, making them do cool shit. That's—I think that's that's the official line on those things, though. You've you've yet to reach the weird bit, the really weird bit of the game, How is, which is like I feel like last, I've already seen so the last end of it, right? In which all the—I mean, have you been spoiled on the whole the whole game? No, or, I'm still somehow. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how it ends yet. Actually, I, do I you guys care particularly much? I kind of feel much. like I would like to finish it at some point. So I have. I'm slow. I do very slowly play. Yeah, I mean, so would you, would you rather I not? I think so. Like I think I'd like the to twist. Just, like, discover the weirdness. I mean, the twist isn't handled very well, but uh, I'll leave you to it. Right. None of the story in that game is handled well. Like, none of. <laughs> yes, you're quite right. The most well, coherent the thing, like... bit is is the is the the bit before you actually get to control Snake again. <laughs> mm. But like, yeah, like, right. the Metal Gear Solid universe has the most convoluted, difficult to understand 
plot that requires... Like, when I was playing The Witcher, I was like, I'm not quite sure what's going on, but at least I can go to the wiki and kind of go like, oh, right, okay, so that's the political situation in Temeria, and I kind of have, you know, I have a better understanding of what's going on. Mm. I started Mac of the Solid 5, and I'd only played Peace Walk on the PSP before that, and I was like, I okay, I really should read up on the story. Which didn't didn't help, to be honest. Absolutely not, no. Cause, no. <laughs> it's like, cool, it's the Cold War, and there are secret groups, and that's about as much as I understand. Yeah. So I kind of, like, I, I'm really curious as to what he pitched to Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen and Gilles Toro to, like, get them excited and sign up. Yeah. Money, probably. He pitched them money. I, that's true. <laughs> yeah. He went, I have a brand. Like a baseball pitch <laughs> with a big wad of cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name is a brand. People will buy stuff because I'm attached to it. I think that was pretty much... Not I'm saying his games are bad, but his story plots are always bobbins. I think Metal Gear Solid 5 is definitely the worst plot thing. Like, other Metal Gears have much better plotting. MGS 5 is absolutely insane and makes very little sense. I mean, even as a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, MGS 5, the story was absolute utter gash. Like, yeah. No, almost no redeeming features, really. No. Um, <laughs> well, like, I mean, the game itself is incredible. Like, I love it so much. Oh, yeah, but this, it's like, really good. The story is like, uh, what, what is happening here, and why yeah. do I need to? It's like here is fifteen percent of what is going on. Now I need you to listen to twenty hours of collectible tapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of which you need to go manually in and press play on. Yeah. Can, and... I think you can cue them now. You, uh, can yeah, you? you can. Okay, but, or at uh, least you, you can. Have... Um, yeah, and you can. You can at least listen to them while you're wandering around. That's true. Yeah. True. But whenever you start or finish a mission or something, it interferes with it, it yeah. Does, yeah. and stops it. And then you, <laughs> yeah, just what you wanted to do. You wanted to listen to another ten minute recording again. So. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, right? Okay, I find that thing I was talking. Right, according to Hideo Kojima, Death Stranding is about ropes. Instead of sticks, ah, uh, Kojima uh. said, "Okay, uh, he was referring to a short story by a man called Kobo Abe about humanity's first tools. Apparently, <clears throat> the stick is the first tool that mankind created to put distance between himself and bad things to protect himself. The second tool mankind created is a rope. A rope is a tool used to secure things that are important to you. Mm. A rope is indeed. A I want people to, to be connected, gear. not." Through sticks, but through what would be the equivalent of ropes. Mm. So he says, boom, brain bomb, game, video game industry destroyed. So apparently, Death Stranding, the title, like the title, is a reference to, uh, like a phenomenon called like it's like I think it's cephalopod stranding, which is like the the sort of mass beaching of whales. Right. I mean, that would explain there is, the bits yeah. in the first trailer. I mean, and there is a whale in the trailer. There's a crab as well. I, I've been informed that whales aren't bitten. cephalopods, so I've probably wrong on that bit. But the stranding pit is correct, and that is the bit where <laughs> okay. whales beach themselves. Ah, uh, it might be a different word beginning with C, referring to whales. So, um, but yeah, and then 
And then I think it was also like, and stranding also sounds like strand, which is a rope. So there's uh, some 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 cra- oh, crazy oh. symbolism there. Sounds <laughs> like strand, oh. which is a rope. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that I mean that was all on the uh, the Wikipedia page. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and the death bit. There's just a lot of skull iconography, including on the Kojima Productions company logo. Yeah, and like, Mads Mikkelsen has like some a... skull henchmen, and there are, there's a couple of skulls in. Um... Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's just I'm just baffled by like <laughs> that it's a thing to be honest. It makes sense, I suppose, but like the, it looks ridiculous. I I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. Yeah. I want to find it out. Um, because it's very bizarre. Uh, but for what it's worth, I do have I have faith in Hideo Kojima's talents as a a man who makes video games. True. Yeah, I think let's think he. he he makes these incredible games that are so incredible. They hold up these just weird stories that are like, is that what's going on? Here? I mean, if if you've not played any of the, like the, the main series ones apart from five, it's worth doing so because they're all a lot better than that game. Yeah. By okay. a, well, I played because well, I played Peace Walker and that was kind of where I got really got like that was because I picked it up because it was on the somewhat limited selection mm. of PSP games and was like, oh wait, this is amazing. Yeah, because like, I mean, it was, it was an incredibly huge game for the like, in just in terms of like what it did, and there was so much to do for such like a sort of limited system. Yeah, I mean, grab the grab the HD collection. Um, although it doesn't actually include the first game for some reason, but yeah, I don't know why. you can experience two, which is very weird, and three, which is kind of weird but somewhat grounded. Yeah, three is my favorite. Gr- grounded in. Three, three days. Yeah. Um, I've not played four actually. I never. My back when before my PS3 was still alive, I just it just never I just never bothered. And now now my PlayStation Four three is broken, and I don't think I'll ever get the chance because I doubt they're going to bring it to PS4, and definitely not anything else. So, mm. but it's not supposed to be as strong from what I've heard. So, it's not as now. strong. I'd say it's still stronger than Metal Gear Solid Five from a story perspective, but yeah, yeah. gameplay wise, not really. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It was pretty cool at the time. I had a friend who had it. Yeah, that is the thing though. The, the gameplay in MGS Five is so much fun that I don't really mind that the story is nonsense. I, I could quite easily forget that there is a story and just be a cool stealth man in a desert or a jungle for a bit. I don't. Yeah. The story was very much yeah. secondary when playing through that, especially because it is absolute bollocks. I mean, my, I, I have criticisms of the game's story. I mean, I mean the, the gameplay even. I think the open world isn't quite as expansive or detailed as I'd hoped it would be. Yeah, there's a lot of empty shit and a lot of retreading. Yeah. Although I think part of that has to do with the the game's development. Mm. But anyway, I yeah. found the, uh, the the correct word. So cetacean stranding is the uh, phenomena of. Whale, whales beaching themselves. Ah. Okay, I was like close-ish. Cephalopods are octopuses and other things. Cool. Octopi. Just as well, just as well, you've corrected that. If anything, like if if an octopus was to strand itself, they do bear resemblance to the things in the trailer. 
So if like, <laughs> say Hideo Kojima was to stage like a sort of viral event in which he caused a load of octopuses to beach themselves. That would be, you know. <laughs> I really hope he doesn't this, do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would this, be some symbolism there. Should put this theory up on the web, get that, yeah, that, get that viral it. energy. <laughs> start stranding up the guy on land. Yeah. Um, land. If anyone As an aside, though. Kojima Productions Sorry, Recruitment not. is listening. I, I am available to, to work in marketing. Um, <laughs> I'm available to catch octopus for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a big net. <laughs> um, as an aside, like, what do Konami have now that they've not got Hojima doing stuff for them? Like, they've not done anything uh, this... decent in years. And now they've got one mean... person who you'd go, oh, I'll buy that because. Ah, the Konami guy. Yeah, they've got um, there's Metal Gear Survival, which is this like zombie survival. Yeah, yeah, I think that should be like there's like a four player co op version of Metal Gear Solid Five with like some base building. Appropriate, appropriately, they kind of zombified corpse of Metal Gear. Yeah, Uh, they 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 have Pro Evo Soccer. Oh, 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 there you go. I have a feeling that Survive is going to be a bit like that um, Resi game, the Raccoon City one, that was like a shoot the naf one yeah they're really bad that's that's my instinct on survive at the moment well i think it it does seem like that it just so much of it is just gonna be metal gear solid 5 that i think it's at least safe enough because it's 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 at least building on a solid game that yeah but they can't be awful you thought like they're they're quite a big company still like they'd have other things and yeah i can't maybe there are others but i can't think of it i was they're just doing i was uh i was chatting to someone the other day about Metal Gear Solid Survive, right? Yeah. And I, I think if Konami were really smart, what they would do right now is uh, they're thinking, oh, we'll, we'll rip off, I don't know, we'll rip off zombie games. But what they really need to do is rip off Battlegrounds and put Metal Gear Solid Battlegrounds. Get that on the go. People would love it. Yeah, they would. But then they, the netcode would be dog shit because it's Konami. Um, but otherwise, it would be very cool. Yeah. I've not played the online mm. actually once. Uh, MBS Online actually like I've not touched it. No, not good, really. I mean, oh, right. some, I, I, know, some, I knew some people some, who there's were... some cool ideas. It's just that I, like it's not much of a scene, right? No, there's very few people playing it. The ones who do tend to be, I don't know, quite good at it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's peer-to-peer hosted as well. So, um, if you're used to not um, playing a shitty games, it's rubbish, really. Right. I don't know how people deal with peer-to-peer hosting on multiplayer games. It drives me up the wall. Yeah. Just like there's, it's all. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a bit shit. I mean, I, I knew some people who were really into a the MGS4 version of it, mm-hmm. and they didn't really like the new one. But my instinct with regards to that is that I can't really trust them anyway because. I played a bit of MGS4 Metal Gear Online and it was naff as well. <laughs> and so like I, I can't trust their like opinions. I think they're just really used to playing a something that's not any good. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say we should move on from Metal Gear Solid to talk about our okay, theme okay. of the week, which is companions in video games. Yeah. Because we'll be returning to Metal Gear Solid really shortly nice can't stay away too long yep it's i mean we'll it, our it has a mention in just about every episode it's like the last three at least awesome 
Right. So yes. But I, uh, as the quiz winner of last week, got to yet again choose our choose our theme, and I want to talk about. Beat him this week now. <laughs> I want to talk about video game companions. Yes. Because like, I think we, you know we could start out with like what counts as a video game companion and like so <coughs> to jump back to Metal Gear Solid I was going to put forward that D-Dog from Metal Gear Solid 5 is probably one of my favourite video game companions but maybe you had some comments earlier that cut me deeply as you said you wouldn't consider him a companion Oh, no, no, that wasn't what I was saying. No, no, that's not what I meant. He is a companion. He's not a, like, my point was that um, I was thinking, like, Epina from Zelda, I would consider a companion. But, like, like, like Red 13 from Final, Final Fantasy 7 or anything, any other character that you play as is that. I don't count those as a companion. I'd say they were just, they were, like, like team members or, like, other characters. I don't know if I'd say they're a companion in the game. They feel more like a rounded character rather than a companion. I guess it's when like characters in a game that you that both like that support your progress of the game while also yeah. have some agency of their own. Yeah. Like like would you consider like Ocelot a companion or would you consider him a character in the game? Uh a character but I think it's just, like I think like he doesn't come with in you. terms of like like NPCs that like support you as you play, essentially, like right. I suppose that is the difference. Then, if you're controlling all the characters, then they maybe yeah, don't feel like companions like... because you control all of them. Mm. Whereas you just you, you just give vague orders to D Dog and he listens sometimes. Yeah, so, I mean, like you... when, when I... oh you, yeah, you go ahead, Kev. No. I was going to say when I think of companions, right? I, I get what you mean, like um, you know characters that you actually control i mean it's weird because when i think of companions the thing that first pops into my head is stuff like i don't know like dragon age mass effect and you don't really kind of control them but i feel like there's like a i don't know i wonder if my conception of companion is different would you consider like a mass effect character or a dragon age character a companion or a i'd say like that a final fantasy team member i'd say that the mat like the mass effect and the dragon age your like squad mates are probably like the defining idea of a video game companion for me, I think. Right. I don't think I would. Is I think I'd like... stick them on the on like the same side as a Final Fantasy character, to be honest, because they're well, so fully like, formed, you... and you 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 have control over them in a much wider way. Well, no, I think like with with Mass Effect, like they you don't need to control them, and they still like essentially kind of have their own agency in terms of like interacting off you in the story. Yeah, um, and like you can, you can give them orders and be like, "Oh, do your ability now." But for the most part, they're just kind of supporting you. Yeah. Um they just give you, you know, they give you companionship through the game, compared to say, like, so I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about, so in SWAT Four, you have a SWAT team, and you're playing. You play the whole game with like a team, but I wouldn't really call them companions because. I guess in a lot, also a lot of like a similar like sort of squad tactical games, the your teammates don't really have any sort of character or like agency of their own. They are essentially extensions of your ability to play the game because they just do exactly what you order them to do. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'd, I'd say they were companions then, definitely. Yeah, like they. Well, they, they. I would say they're not companions. But I, they, they're like, maybe that that speaks to my inner psyche. But like, a companion is kind of more like that sort of like a tool thing. Like D Dog is basically a, an additional tool for. He has no agency, does D Dog. Neither does your horse from the from Epina. Whereas like. Uh, characters in Dragon Age have agency. They're they're like they're more people. They're more they have characters. They want things. They don't like things. They have Wait, strong so- opinions on other on sort of subjects. I mean, that would be my consideration to call them a character or a part of. See, I think I think we've divided up these characters identically, but we're we're each calling the other group a companion. I feel like the word companion has like I don't know sends. I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I feel like it implies a. I think it implies like a deeper level of character development, almost. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's I mean, companions, the, quite a close word, isn't it? Like yeah, like of, there's yeah, there's elements of friendship and like the the kind of teamwork. Well, let's see, team, but like yeah, there's like friendship and sort of camaraderie. See, I no, I feel like I sorry. I was gonna say I'd consider them to be things like the companion cube, like. They're more tools. But they're more tools than, <laughs> yeah, more, more tools than they are fully formed characters. That's how I split them up. I think that's. Maybe that's I think that's kind. Of, that's kind of a weird idea of what a companion is. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, like a companion is like, almost, almost like a synonym for something like that, a game friend. Different. Like, like, yeah, but would you I mean something that like carries with you through the game. Yeah, but would you consider like the horse from Red Dead Redemption on to, to be on the same level as a character from Dragon Age? Well, yeah, no, because no, you get tons of different horses. But I yeah, was gonna, yeah. I was, I was gonna. This was my point. <laughs> so I was gonna say, I had one horse through a redemption, and it does have elements of its own character because, like, it will exert its own will at times in the sense that, like, it will, like, it won't, like, you can't ride it off a cliff. It will, it will stop and just say that no. And so, yeah. I, I mean, part of that is just, is just like game mechanic, but at the same time. You know, it's the it, like it's the is that is that point where it's like the horse will no longer obey its rider. Right. So okay. So uh, dog meat companion or not companion? Uh, companion. Uh, right. Companion. Yeah. But dog meat has like you can't really tell them to do stuff. You can. I guess. Yeah. You, you can give him orders. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I guess it's partially. To be honest, it's partially just because he's a bit crap. And follow. I think. I think. I anyway, see it as like, just like a... I think. Like. I. So I would say. Like. D Dog and like your horse and Red Dead are like. It's basically only really do things that you tell them to do, but they yeah. have an element of character to themselves. Like they are more than just a tool because they have character and that it, it kind of combines. Yeah, I... They they provide companionship as you progress through the game. Yeah, but I... I feel like. If there was, if you had like a tiny robot on your shoulder that you told to shoot things like that, obviously, even if even if it like spoke to you, it wouldn't. I don't know. I feel like part of the issue is that we've taken what is, I think, quite a, a broad term mm. and tried to give it very specific meaning. I think that is very true. Yeah. And uh, I mean, because like, is the uh, is what was? Sorry, may he rest in peace. Was Dinklebot a companion in Destiny? Because, I mean, he didn't do jack shit. He, he, just, he was just an interact button that spoke to you about wizards from the moon. But 
Yeah, he was a companion. Right. I yeah, maybe I probably just have slightly different de- definitions of it. I have a companion is something that just keeps you company and that you can tell what to do and is kind of an extension of yourself. And then you have actual characters that would, that have agency and have yeah. an impact. Okay, on so what's let, I think let, let, let's get out to it. Let's just say like game entities that keep you company, whether that's your squad mates or like semi like personified tools almost. Right. Because, yeah. Because like, you know, it's that, you know, like romancing a character in Mass Effect is great and it, you know, there's a connect, like, it's it feels, you know, it's a cool part of the story. But I also like petting D-Dog in Metal Gear Solid because he is the goodest boy and he does stun all the people I want him to. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Petting on two levels, then I suppose. Um, yeah, where were we going with this? This um... I don't know. <laughs> I thought we just, just chat about. I feel. I mean, I think I kind of like missed. I, I think I like misunderstood. Like when when you said like Final Fantasy VII characters weren't companions. When when, when I when I read that, like what well, well, I heard it. I thought you meant like because like in combat you just tell them to do things like through a menu rather than oh, being right. like no no like but obviously you're more from a story perspective where they will do stuff by themselves yeah I, so I think, rather than but I mean I I I think I assume they weren't playing because I don't I don't quite know how Final Fantasy works like I know it's but do you play a specific character in Final Fantasy or do you just sort of abstractly control a party sort of generally you follow like the main. There's like usually a main character or a group of them, and then yeah, you kind of abstractly follow the story and control everyone at the same time, more or less. Yes, except kind of less so, I suppose, in Final Fantasy 15, where you have you basically just play it. Well, they've updated it since, but you basically just play as Noctis, and then people do things around you. Hmm. But I suppose I suppose my definition of it is, I think if a character has agency and feels like they could be a person, then they're more than just a companion. They're not just there to keep you company while you play the game. They have further narrative purposes. Whereas things like the horse from Legend of Zelda, Epina, is just that. They are a companion for the game. They have no narrative agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, just, <laughs> I, don't I think that's... I just wanted to like chat about just, right. just characters that keep you company during games. <laughs> Alright, All that's fair enough. That's fair nice. enough. I, yeah. So, uh, so what's your favourite one then, apart from D-Dog? If you had to name another one, George, because I know you've... Uh, like, yeah, I think, like, D-Dog... I always loved my horse in Red Dead because it was very... There were just very satisfying moments where it was, like, the reassuring kind of, like, whinny. Is what you, like, you'd whistle, ride in, and then uh, you, you could, like, jump onto the horse as it was riding by. If you kind of yeah. timed it right, uh, and that was very yeah. satisfying, so I felt great connection with with the with the horse. Uh, like the probably horse like from... probably like Garrus in the Mass Effect series because he's designed to be like the ultimate best friend, like <laughs> slash boyfriend, depending on the character <laughs> you created. I mean, like, but by uh, but it works really well because like yeah, he's intended to be. 
he's written to be the ultimate video sort of video game companion. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I, I suppose. Hmm. I don't know who mine would be. I. It's not something I've really thought about that much. I, I don't know why. I feel like. Hmm. I'm I'm kind of torn because sometimes I really like him and sometimes I don't. So like sometimes I appreciate having someone around, but then when it comes to the point where you like, like have to art like argue with them and they tell them what to do, I get some with tits. Yeah, that's the thing. I think like, <laughs> but what's such, like because the the squad mates in Mass Effect are quite self sufficient. Like stuff, stuff like Fallout and Skyrim, the characters do have cool stories and kind of cool interactions, but you do just get frustrated with them at times because they're like pathfinding yeah. dodgy and they just stand in a doorway. And it's, it's like, like get out of the way. Yeah, I mean it's it, it can be just immersion breaking, really, isn't it? It's like it's like right. So you're trying to think of I don't know, something Lydia as a character or something, and then yeah, she gets stuck whacked by a spike trap over and over, and you can't get her out of it, and it's like. <laughs> It's like, what's wrong with you? Or it's like you're playing Uncharted, and I don't know, you're on a mission with Sully or something, and you're like, you're like, oh, he's, he's like chatting away, and like they have very believable kind of banter in that game. But then like, then like you see him getting shot in the head over and over and over, <laughs> yeah. and not, not reacting to it, and you're just like, it's like you all right, mate? <laughs> like, it can be a bit weird where like, yeah. you know, it's like if you have a friend that just like, whenever you're trying to leave a room, will just stand in the doorway. Like, oh, can I, can I, can I, I need, I need to get out. A couple of those. Yeah, I think that's why I quite like Tails from from Sonic, because like Tails just just sort of follows you, and then it does like in the levels, like especially if you give them like someone else to play as as Tails, which is always hilarious to me when we were kids. So I used to get my brother to play as Tails. Like <laughs> you might as well not be playing the game because Tails is a bugger all when <laughs> when someone plays as Tails. Like the camera doesn't follow you, you can't really die. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally you'll just jump to catch like, up right. <laughs> that is the, the like the most to... token effort to give like a player to it's so funny yeah <laughs> so so not to stir the pot here but I, I don't know who who wrote this but in the document we've got the, the podcast notes mm. now you've just said that one of your favorites was tales and here under the worst <laughs> video game companion oh, he, has been written yeah, yeah, Tales. He is pretty bad though at the same time. <laughs> that is, that's, just, that's just not great that like that's that's what oh, he does. True. That's I he's one of my favourites, but he is also probably one of the worst. Also pretty much all like the Sonic characters are the worst, so <laughs> Well, yeah, that is very true. It's like <laughs> there I, I would honestly consider like uh, of all of them, it, you know, you know, you're in a bad thing where you're like, oh, who's the most likable like Sonic character? Like, who who do I most want to like see appear apart from Sonic? And it's like, uh, I guess it's I guess it's Eggman. Like, yeah, <laughs> the rest of them can fucking do one. Yeah, yeah, it's actually it probably bloody is, isn't it? <laughs> I've been uh, I've been uh, listening to the BitSocket podcast a lot recently. They do when they do is it canon for. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, BitSocket's like, incredible. Like, oh my god. Some of the stuff that's actually in Sonic. Because <laughs> I've not really followed it that much after like having some shit experiences with the 3D ones. I've just sort of gone kind of done with the series. So yeah, hearing some of the madness that's gone on in that. Like, <laughs> that canon. I'm just like, and they didn't. Yeah, no, they did. They, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so, the Sonic games have been some of them. It's just tragic at this point. <laughs> 
it's just like watching Sega continuously punch themselves in the balls every time they release a like, game. Sega are that guy in the Death Stranding trailer being sucked up in the sky, <laughs> and Sonic's just stabbing himself in the gut <laughs> yeah. over and over and over. Yeah, like let it end. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you guys see some of the like the? For the release from the Sonic Forces, see some of the characters people have been making that just look <laughs> like the vacant stares that they've all Wait, got. Yeah, like, so Sonic game has a character creator. Yes, it does. It does. It does. You should see some of the amazing characters. I think just your OC do not steal is now in the game. <laughs> it's so funny. There's some amazing characters people have been making that just look. They look like just the worst Sonic characters. Because <laughs> it's not... It doesn't look like it's that, like... Has that many options as a creator, so... <laughs> they pretty much have, like, kind of look a bit like Sonic for, like, a really shit version of him <laughs> most of the time. Like, imagine, like, a really crap knockoff toy version of Sonic. That's what everyone's characters seem to end up looking like. Oh, it's funny. Should look some up after the podcast. They're great. Uh, what we're we talking about companions, not how yeah. crap. Well, I was saying it's like we've, we've <laughs> said that. So who like, who's one of the worst video game companions? It's like people that are supposed to be your like you know are supposed to be your friend, but you just find them really tedious. But I don't mind it in a game when like okay, so you've got someone who kind of is with you through the game, maybe has a bit of a different point of view to the main character. There's a bit of tension. But uh, like like as is recorded in the podcast notes, uh, uh, Caden and Ashley are pointless arseholes, and it's just like you just don't want to be around them, do you? Yeah, it's like like going on an adventure with Nigel Farage. Like I'm alright. <laughs> well, it, gets, it gets worse in the later games. So like Caden and Ashley are like the <laughs> this kind of male and female. They're like identical versions. They're just like it's just like. M- generic lady and generic man who form like a third of your available squad mates in Mass Effect 1 and at some point you have to choose between one of them dying and one of them living like they both get themselves into sticky situations and you've got to, you can only bail one out and then I think I think we, have we discussed it before that it's a, it's a decision without much impact <laughs> most of the time you're just like I don't like either of them well I think I remember playing the first game and I had so like and Ashley was the character I'd chosen to to romance in my like my first ever run through, so I saved her, and she seemed and you know she's quite, you know, quite likable kind of through the first game, whereas Caden is just constantly grumpy and kind of just like uh, picks at everything you do, and she's like, well, I'm quite happy to leave you to get stra- like nuked because I'm going to save someone else. What happens is, is like. In the second game, like lots of stuff happens, and Ashney's no longer, or whichever person you chose to save is no longer like in the available list of squad mates because they've kind of been separated from your character by the story. And then, like, you run into them again, like at a random point, sort of halfway through the game, and it can be really awkward because you might have. It almost becomes like this sort of awkward encounter with an ex because you can start romancing another character. You run into them. And suddenly they're like, oh, who's that? And also, like, suddenly start revealing that they're massively space racist against, like, other alien races. <laughs> like, right. where did this come from? They've joined the galactic EDL while you're away. Like, <laughs> and then, so, like, yeah, so, like, and then you feel like, oh, well, now I regret the choices I made in the first game. 
and then it kind of continues into like <laughs> the third game where they're just continually just a bit grumpy they don't like anything you do and kind of skeptical of the other aliens it's like oh well I, they're like the anti-companion like like <laughs> someone who's always there but you don't want them to be like a family member you don't like who's just <laughs> just has a moan at you every time you see them like like why are you making the good choices why didn't you leave that species to die, Shepard? Well, like they kind of repeated it, but not so much in in Mass Effect Andromeda. With uh, I think the guy's name is Liam, but he's not like he's just a bit of a lemon. Like he's just a bit like he grows on you, but to the to the, at the start, it's just like just he just constantly chips in with like over the top or unhelpful comments, and it's just it's like. Like you're trying to resolve something, and he like chips in that you should do something like just really unnecessarily violent, like out of nowhere. It's like, why was that a helpful comment, or like just these weird like, was that was that a little bit kind of racist to these aliens? And like, and then later on, he's like sort of he does grow on you a little bit and becomes sort of a more interesting character. But you're kind of starting this game off like, and where you're trying to like figure out because it's a new a new sort of storyline. You're trying to you know, figure out all these new squad mates, and there's just this one guy that's just like constantly chipping in with these over-the-top comments out of nowhere, and it's almost like the writers were try- like his character is really trying to impress the character that you're playing, but at the same time, it's like they really want to impress upon you, the player, that he's just a, yeah, and so he just comes across as a you're like oh, just just stop. <laughs> What about you guys? Um, worst one. What? What about? I mean, us? Um, I... I've forgotten what her name is, but not Chris in Resident Evil Five was really irritating. Just because she just she just fall down and get injured all the time, you have to go pick her up. Um, that her name was Shiver. I was just saying, just don't be in this game. Just just leave to, so I can play the game without needing to pick you up all the time. She was just yeah. That was that's probably more. Of, game design though than the characters fall <laughs> yeah I but then there wasn't a whole lot of character in this yeah, going on in uh in resident yeah. evil 5 really i mean yeah it's just as well she was there for the reason that you know otherwise the <laughs> game would have really seemed racist yeah just rather than just a bit <laughs> Um, I I still remember that bit where like most of it's like I remember there was some clipping before the game came out and I was like oh it's a bit unfair like okay so the game's like set in Africa like there's not like that's that's fair that can that's feasible and then obviously there's that bit where you like almost get eaten by crocodiles in the in the tribal village and zombies oh, wearing like God. like pastiches yeah. of traditional yeah. African headwear come at you yeah <laughs> and it's like oh yeah. boy it's not great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah, she wasn't great. She's kind of frustrating, but one of those things where it's like it was almost like an advertisement oh, yeah, that the absolutely. game was supposed to be played co op. I wouldn't know why it would have otherwise. I I almost finished it and then uh I think like right before uh, so do you know the bit like it was the last cutscene. There's the bit where uh Wesker's yes. in the lava and you shoot him with a rocket yeah. or something. And then you fly away, and then right at that bit in co-op, there was I think my console crashed. Or there was a power outage, 
something like that. And uh, so I've oh, technically yeah. never completed Resident Evil Five. More or less the end. You could probably, see, I think, you see an extra scene afterwards with just you know more classic Resi exposition. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably there. It's probably this is probably been, been at least seven years since I finished it. I so, think, so. so would would you? Would you say that she's like the worst? I, I feel like one of the things with with that particular thing, you, there's like two different classes of kind of companion, right? There's the ones who are not really supposed to be there in combat, and they're either someone you have to like shepherd or someone yeah. who's just, you know, invincible. And then there's other ones who are supposed to hold their own. And I think the issue with, with characters like like that is that yeah. they're she's supposed to hold their like own highly but don't. trained and very good and so and yet she's constantly getting like she needs help like every five minutes is infuriating yeah the yeah. guy like, ah, my my ai friend yeah. just walked in front of that explosive <laughs> yeah, barrel just, uh, again crouching on the floor like <laughs> waiting for you pretty sure they could actually like they, they consumed yeah like health materials yeah. as well, which was doubly was annoying. <laughs> so, Other one. Other one. anyway, actually... would, would you? No, go on. Sorry. Would, would you say? I was going to say, would you say they're the worst Resident Evil one? I mean, I've not played a lot of Resident Evil, but I've heard right, things. Yeah. Um, I probably actually just because mm-hmm. I don't think any of the others you have that repeat problem of like they're with you for the entire game. Like I think I played about three hours game, five, suppose, by yeah. myself and then gave up because I just was fed up of having to pick her up all the time. Um, whereas, I think, I'm sorry, I've not, I've not played every Resi game. Um, I played uh, one, four, and five. I'm playing, meant to be playing uh, Revelations, is it? In a couple of weeks. A friend of mine's got it. And we're going to do some classic couch co op. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but no, I just it's games like that way. Like it's it's instead of it being re- a regular two player game, you have a bad AI is a bit annoying. I feel like I feel like one of the worst is when you have um uh um like a, a character who's supposed to be you know your kind oh, of snarky yeah, yeah. companion, your snarky pal, and they're just. Yeah. These grind on you. I mean, if, if Borderlands is really if it's bad. The same, like if if they only have a handful of like comments to draw from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Borderlands is, is particularly bad. For that all the characters are just really obnoxious and irritating. And but then again, Tales from the Borderlands, the Telltale game, is probably my favorite Telltale game. I think that it's like I've got. I literally went from going <laughs> oh, Borderlands is a load of bollocks to going. <laughs> it's actually really funny. Tales from the Borderlands is hilarious. Um, yeah, and if you guys, if either of you guys played Tales from the Borderlands, I haven't. Oh, you so need to play. I it. own it. So I played it. It's, it. No, I I never finished Telltale Games. I've both. I'm both like three. I'm three episodes into The Walking Dead. I'm three episodes into right. Game of Thrones. See the tale. The the Tales and... from the Borderlands is like is neither of those at all because it's pretty much just it, if it was like slightly more. I think I, I think. Joe Scrabble said this, like it was slightly more sedate. It'd be like a gaming sitcom, and it's it very much would be like it's it's not about like making like important decisions. It's about like just picking what decision you think could be the most funny at the given situation. You kind of know everything's going to be okay, and like, there's, there's the peril in it is very um, like 
you, you can kind of just sort of go, well, they're going to be fine. It's kind of like watching like a comedy series where you just get to pick some of the jokes. It's really... That does sound a bit more pleasant than, like, because Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, it's like, you say the wrong thing, everyone yeah, dies. Yeah, it's, yeah. Say the right thing, yeah, everyone it's, it's, dies slightly differently. Yeah, especially, like, Walking Dead is quite, like, quite depressing in parts, like, when people die and, like, certain storylines. Well, it's, 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 but, the, like, yeah. tells the borderline. It's the bit in Telltale Games where it's like, you get to an open area and it's like, now walk around and find these five items. To yeah, I don't think there's anything really like that in Tales. Most of it is just sort of like moving from like dialogue set pieces to like hilarious action sequences. It's just really funny. Like from start to finish, it it gets yeah. It, it's but it's definitely the best Telltale game. And I'm even saying that after after playing the first Walking Dead, I'm thinking that is amazing. But there's nothing quite like Tales from the Borderlands either. So, so. so it's is there uh, a companion? No, you kind of. Well, you is it? Do you have a pal? Maybe I don't know. You you control two char- two characters throughout it. So, by our loose term of what companion is, every other character that you kind of travel with for a time, and they're all really funny. So, yes. How do we get onto that? I can't remember. Yeah, should we talk about what uh, we've been playing? I brought it up. It's my fault. A bit of that. I'm not... What have we been playing? What have we been playing? Good. Yeah, what have we been playing since we last did this podcast? Uh, I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age, which is I'm quite enjoying. It's what, it's what I've been listening to podcasts through, to be honest. It's been quite good. Um, you can play it at times four speed, which is hilarious because at times it doesn't really feel like you're playing a game because uh, you just sort of run into most enemies and then they're dead within a half a second because it's going at times four speed. So what what's... Is that one like a... Again, my sparse knowledge of the Final Fantasy series is that another. Is it another party control one? Yeah, or... kind of. This one's a bit different. It's a bit more like um, uh, all the enemies are on the map that you're in at the moment, and you travel with. I think it's three compan- three people at a time. So you pick whoever you want to control for a given circumstance. But then it has this system called the Gambit system, where you pick how they'll react to certain situations. So you have like. If enemy is weak to lightning damage, cast thunder. Um, if enemy, mm. if you, if we drop below fifty percent health, heal X Y Z person. So you, because you can do it on every single character. That's why when you play at times four speed, everyone just does everything. It's it's a bit like managing a spreadsheet at times. Oh, so you, so you're you're kind of like setting out uh, sort of you're almost programming your party to react. To yeah, certain... you are. Yeah. occurrences and then it's, it's kind of letting them it is, it is it's the best system for managing that sort of like you have control over several people and you need things to happen in a certain order depending on what happens without having to individually go i'm poisoned therefore this person must cast po- cure poison on me over and over again if you need to that you just set a gambit to say if this happens do it then they just automatically do it but that is kind of why sometimes it doesn't feel like you're playing a game because, like I said, at times four speed, you run around really quickly through the map and everything just sort of happens. And you're basically just moving the analog stick to wander around. <laughs> and then every now and again, you'll you'll add, you'll add do some leveling up stuff or buy some more equipment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I never managed to finish it uh, when it came on PS2. So um, I'm quite looking forward to getting past where I was in the story and see what happens next. 
I am writing an article about the Gambit system because it is really, really interesting. So um, watch this space. I feel like it. I've, one of the Dragon Age games, I think, has a similar system. Yeah, it does have something similar. Yeah, where you you kind of program. It's not. It's. Or you you can kind of set you can set your companions to react to certain instances yeah, of. Yeah, a lot of games have it, but nothing has it in the detail that this does. Like the the Final Fantasy Twelve Gambit system has, I think it's eleven different things, uh, ways of a person can react, and then there's like I think it's about there's twenty six tabs of abilities and types of scenario types of things that can happen. Like it has details down to like if the enemy drops between ninety and 80% do something different and like, it has so many options that like it didn't need to even bother including like the chances of you wanting to do a different thing to an enemy whether they're on 90 or 80% is very unlikely or very very situational and yet it includes it as a way of managing your party nonetheless and it's, it's really it's, it's so unbelievably detailed <laughs> That nothing else like it has ever I would appreciate something like that with like other games. That do, yeah, it does sound, that does sound like a really cool, really yeah. cool system. It, it sounds kind yeah, of interesting, like, just because I mean, when you're playing a, a JRPG, often a lot of it's like just setup time. Like you know, you think like, what's the best configuration for my party here? Like, and then when you actually go into a battle, because they tend to have kind of a, you know, it's always the same types of enemies yeah. that usually come at you in different orders it, it can tend to feel like that anyway like yeah. you basically have like a, a pre-programmed response like playing bravely default just being like yeah okay so right so it's one of these ones that are like i don't know 10 small enemies so it's like i'll have him do this and there do this and i'll do that every yeah, single yeah. time it's like that kind of group of enemy so i guess it's interesting to have that yeah. but actually have it yeah, cause in, programmed in, 12, in like if there's like more than six enemies you can say if there's more than six enemies cast this big area effect magic attack and then they'll just do it without you needing to bother going to program in and because the whole thing kind kind of works in semi real time everybody's attacks like charge up a bar for how when they're going to do a thing next and so you don't have to like be hit while you're trying to find the right menu option or something it's interesting it is it there's nothing Mm. quite like it it is so detailed it's unbelievable but the rest of 12 is, is really good. I'm enjoying it so far. But uh, yeah, it's very much my podcast listening game at the moment. That's, That's yeah. quite nice. <laughs> I've been I've I've been, I've been playing a lot of Bomber Crew, which I is quite is quite easy to do something else alongside, like listen to a mm-hmm. podcast. Um because, so yeah, Bomber Crew is I think it's the product of a little like I think it's like two in like two devs based in Brighton, uh, published through Curve Digital. But I think they're Runner Duck Games. But yeah, they produce this game which is kind of you are you you basically take control of a a bomber crew, unsurprisingly, during the Second World War, and you fly your Lancaster bomber on missions through the war and basically you're in charge of the entire crew so you're basically all the things you have to do you've got to control when the bombs drop basically you have to control everything that's going on on the plane uh i think the only thing you don't really have direct control over are you don't directly fly the plane you essentially you have like your navigator will find waypoints and you have to decide when you start to follow a certain waypoint 
so you're you kind of have a little like cross section view of the aircraft, and you you can give orders to all your crew. Um, and you there's like a spotting mode. So if you want your gunners to shoot aircraft, you have to go into spotting mode and spot them, spot the aircraft, or like look at a certain waypoint, mm. and that will tell your pilot to then fly to that right, waypoint. Uh... And yeah, like so it's it get it's it's sort of it's yeah it's it's sort of, you're trying to keep everything okay at once. Like you're spinning a lot of yeah. plates because you're kind of you're because you're 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 in charge of the whole crew, and so you're managing everything that's going on. Like so, you take off. Like there's there's lots of little micro things, so you've got to remember to take the wheels up, otherwise <laughs> there's loads of drag and you start burning fuel right, faster. Uh. Uh, and then you, so you're kind of just doing all. You're kind of giving. You're not in direct control, but you're kind of giving orders for everything. Like yeah. you tell your pilot the altitude you want him to fly at, which is like low, right. medium, high. You, um, like you've got your navigator who is reliant on being able to either see the ground or later on be able to see the stars. Cool. Because basically, if the navigator can't see the, see the ground to navigate or see the stars, you can't steer the plane, right. essentially, because you have no waypoints to navigate to. And so you end up just flying and it's like, you'll just keep flying in a straight right. line, which can be really dangerous. Uh, you've got to, you're in control of your engineer, who you'll just order around to run around fixing things uh, and often ends up like ferrying ammunition to guns so that the gunners can keep keep shooting right. you've got to go into spotting mode to spot aircraft you've got to control when the plane drops the bombs basically there's, there's always tons to do and when things start getting hot you like it's interesting you're gonna make a lot of interesting decisions about like which bad thing do i prioritize trying to sort yeah. out so it's kind. It's not quite roguelike. Like you progress through the campaign, but your crew level up. And but if the plane crashes, it's like the crew die. You get a new crew and you get a new aircraft. Right. That is so like you can upgrade your aircraft as you earn money from doing missions. But yeah, it's a very like hectic game because like suddenly, like you take off, everything's fine, and then suddenly you're approaching the target, and you've got to just add like. You've got to be in control to manually yeah. drop the bombs, but the engine's on fire, and you need to tell your engineer to get to the extinguishers to put out the fire, or tell your pilot to do an emergency dive to sort of increase the airflow over the engines and try and like right. blow the fire out almost. And then there are also enemy fighters coming in, and you need to spend the time to mark them so that your gunners <laughs> can shoot them. But you've only got five seconds until you're over the bomb site. So you can hmm. so like so you can you could you could fit you could tell you you could tell your engineer to fix the thing and mark the aircraft, but then you'll have missed the bomb site and you've got to go around again, in which case you're in yeah. you're still in the danger zone. Or you can look at look you know, you can take you can jump to the bomb aimer, take control of the bombs, drop the bombs, but it's likely you'll lose the end because I will break it and the fighters will start doing lots of damage right um yeah sounds I, I, sounds pretty interesting just like a bit like damage limitation decisions being made i can't remember what it's called anymore but there was a game 
that came out ages ago, like a few years ago, that was like, it was like a, a sci-fi one where you were on a spaceship and you had to make, like, anyone stop me if they remember what it is. Uh, you had to make, like, decisions about which crew member you'd let die. FTL. And, like, it was all, like, dice roll based. No. FTL, I mean, that what well, you're saying with bomber crew sounds it, it, FTL. Kind of. But, but you, probably it's a better more kind of... You're just trying to survive rather than, like... Yeah, there's elements. Yeah, rather than, I guess, yeah, make it the sound of it. Tharsis, where you put all the dice in the little spaces. That's the one. Yeah, I never played it. Was it any good? That is the one. No, fair enough. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just remember hearing about it. Right. Just, I just felt like bringing it up. <laughs> Our lucky listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. There you go. But... Lucky listeners who <laughs> can think about this other game. Yeah, it always looked Bring good. It. I always liked the way the dice Yeah, it's, like, it's, weird. Like, it's, weird. it's weirdly repetitive. Like, you just fly mission after mission. Uh, and the for, like the formula for m- missions are just like go here, drop a bomb on the yeah. thing, and like you, the campaign is broken up into like um, like these big special missions. So like there's a there's a dam you get to do the Dambusters yeah. raid, uh, and so that changed up the formula slightly. Like you've got to like it adds very slightly new things to how you drop the bomb. Like you've got to fly low, line up the lights underneath your aircraft, and drop at a certain right. time. Uh, or there's another one where you get to use a, like a this grand slam bomb, which is this child, giant bomb designed to sort of essentially slam its way through loads of concrete, yeah. uh, and so you have to drop that from high altitude. Um, and so the things that changed it up, but mostly it's just yeah, you you keep doing it. I mean, I imagine like you know, like real bomber crews, just mission after mission after mission. And you just keep cool. going. Uh, I haven't, I'm sort of near the end of the campaign. Because basically, I think there's like ten special missions, and then kind of every time you complete one, that like advances. Once you complete all the special missions, I think I think that's the end of the campaign. Um, that has a, a finite end. Yeah, right. like it's, but it's some, there's something kind of addictive about the kind of the almost like not like the sort of stress of it, and just kind of having successful missions, even though because it's just everything works really well. Even though most, like, every mm-hmm. mission is, most missions are identical and a couple of missions that change up the formula right. very slightly. Like, maybe you have to bomb three locations it instead sounds of really one. Interesting. But you're constantly, yeah, and yeah. you're constantly upgrading your aircraft and making decisions, like, you know, there's a weight limit to your aircraft with sort of how much sort of propulsion it's getting. So you could either put that into armor or more guns or better, like, or armor for your engines or... Like the aircraft doesn't even start with parachutes for everyone. You have to you have to buy an appropriate amount of parachutes right. for your crew. But the problem is, you it's like, you you store those on an equipment rack, and so you're you're constantly you're choosing between first aid kits to revive your crew if they go down, parachutes to bail out if things go really bad, or a fire extinguisher in case the right. the plane catches fire. That's kind of cool. <laughs> a lot of like balanced yeah. risk risk mitigation um, stuff yeah it sounds really cool I remember hearing that uh, it was one of those games where the developers were really apparently quite overwhelmed by how popular yeah, like it, it was it's become massively like, successful I remember so reading something they weren't, didn't expect they were like, mm, cause I think yeah, it might be their first game but yeah it's done really well so they're 
they've just released the sort of first wave of DLC, which they could just like mm. because of the success. Uh, and it's seen, and it sounds like they're going to be releasing um, an expansion that lets you take control of a like a B seventeen flying fortress, which is the big American sort of iconic mm. uh, bomber. <laughs> Because you fly a Lancaster in this, and you have a crew of seven, and I think the I think the B seventeen had a crew of eleven, which is just That's sounds even more difficult to manage. Yeah, just so many crew. But yeah, it just it, it's very atmospheric yeah. in the sense that like, you know, you're really you're really focused on one thing, and then you don't you just don't notice that your rear gunner has been killed, and why everything's going wrong, or like, your everything's going fine, but you haven't noticed that there's a fuel leak, or and there are lots of little things that you can do to like improve like you kind of learn like you learn that all of the guns start with not the full amount of ammunition that they can have so like it's best to reload them all as just like as you're taking off so that they have the maximum amount of ammunition before they need to be reloaded again and like your engineer saves your aircraft because they fix everything but also you can have them running around just shuttling <laughs> ammunition. Oh, that's another thing. So as as when you fly at high altitude, there's a temperature, um, like temperature gauge, because it's quite cold. And so all of your crew but like you customize what all of your crew are wearing. Um and so everyone on my aircraft has like electrically heated boots and gloves. Apart from my engineer, because they're the one that moves around. And so Alongside armor value, uh, insulation, there's also movement oh, speed. Okay. <laughs> and so my my engineer yeah, is wearing like being slow. sort of <laughs> as little armor as I can give her. Is there like, any plimsolls <laughs> and fingerless gloves? Right. Because she like she needs to be kept fast. While my like my sort of rear gunner is you know essentially like he's basically like <laughs> he's a metal box. That he kind of wear. Like he's he's in like he's in like six he's in like yeah like six flak jackets and an oversized helmet and oh, that's cool. You know, and some nice comf- and some nice comfortable heated oh. gloves and boots. So there'll be times when like you've got to fly you you can try and f- f- fly at high altitude to like yeah. escape flak. Uh, and so, but I can only do it for so long because my engineer slowly freezes to death. Oh, because uh, obviously because it's cold. <laughs> That's really interesting. Because she's yeah, because it's really cold, and so and so it's really interesting. So like yeah, you you can spec your crew to you know all have incredible insulation, but then it means your engineer can't is runs around right. really slowly, and and because your crew will level up like later on if you lose crew members, yeah. you're then like like. You, you know, you sort of hear, you sort of read stories of like people being always skeptical about new like, sort of rookies joining a, yeah, a sort of combat unit, and because you know, everyone like, it, you're not letting the team down, and in this you get someone new, and it's like, every, everyone is a crucial role, and suddenly I've got this rookie that has no experience, has lost all of the really useful mm. abilities that are unlocked, and could That's get the rest of the team yeah. killed. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only thing I would say is like, it yeah, it goes. The aesthetic is a little odd because it's like, it kind of looks like someone's creating the Memphis Belle 
film, but with right. like pop figures. But it, it can't like it. But it, yeah. it it works to be honest. Like the yeah. and everyone kind of speaks in this kind of weird, mumbly language. Like oh, there's like no, sim- like no one like speaks English. So you hear your crew kind of go, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Sims language. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's like, um, but the one thing is like, for like, I think it doesn't quite acknowledge. I don't know. I guess just like the. Just quite a lot of the unpleasantness, you know, that, that was strategic bombing during the Second World War, because you're always attacking yeah. military targets. You're always, like fuel dumps and ammo stuff. But most of like strategic bombing was on, you know, kind of like civilian targets, and so it kind of it... cutesy aesthetic, and then it's like it's like firebomb yeah, Dresden. It, it's, like it, it's this cutesy <laughs> aesthetic, which I think it doesn't, and it still creates. It's you know, it's still. Is interesting because it like it shows just sort of all the difficulties and like yeah the challenges that sort of air crews faced and kind of goes goes some of the way to that oh, but I mean. like it kind of ignores it's like but you know it kind of like why or not quite it, yeah kind of forget, it, it, it makes you kind of forget who was being kind of bombs dropped on them it kind of lives in I imagine. It's a kind of cartoonified version of the uh, kind of the World War Two movie, like you know, a bit of like a uh, you know, Dan Busters, and then like the, the wackier ones, Kelly's Heroes, and then your whole uh, like your your yeah, great like escape. Is, well, not really the great escape because it didn't it end very, very well for them. But if you know, yeah, what I mean, basically, like, it's, film. if you've seen the film The Memphis Bell, which is just about I don't know, it is identical. Like it's a film all about. Well, like the game is about like oh, like the the challenge is of flying and going on those missions. But I mean, the film itself also ignores it. It completely ignores. It's like yes, but also, you know, these things were firebombing Dresden. It kind of just leaves yeah. out that uh, side of it. Yeah, kind of. I don't really know how you anyway. handle it, how you handle it in the game. Oh, oh, it, yeah, the though. game is. Brilliant, and it's it just can't, has me constantly coming cool. back to no, it. I, I'm intrigued. I'm gonna I'll keep um, it on it. I've added it to my wish list. Yeah, the I think so, they. To... Speaking of things that are constantly returned to on the oh, Gamer Time podcast, mind, I was gonna say bits segue. and pieces podcast. There is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is. There yeah, is. There, did I say it again? I, I keep doing it. I don't know why. My brain is. <laughs> you did just. Spiel I've got brain worms. I'm sorry, everyone. Power your brain. Anyway, I, I did. That's yeah, true. I've had a bit of a a bit of a rough, tea a, a rough this. one. Yeah, it, just as I just as we, we were away to like press record and get moving, I uh, tried to adjust my mic into position. Knocked over a cup of tea. The mic stand fell over onto the ground. Yeah, and uh, much swearing was begun. But anyway. Anyway, on the uh, <clears throat> Bits and Pieces <laughs> podcast, trademark. We do now, yes. <laughs> we always have a quiz, I, I don't we? I lost the quiz last time, so I, I've written one for you guys to go out. And Gav, you've got, you've got to beat George today. Okay? You... I've got a yeah. title to defend. <laughs> I have to defeat him because he's won every other time so far, I think. Has, yeah. Twice in a row now, I think. 
twice yeah. now, maybe three times. I'm not sure. We've already seen format. the confusion that me picking a topic is like. <laughs> so. Bring down the king. Let's, let's let's try and avoid that again. That was good. It was a good topic. Um, right. So I have done a quiz about Earthlock Festival of Magic, which I've been doing a playthrough of, which I'm going to plug really hard now. Um, that you can all watch on the bits and pieces okay, YouTube channel. Okay. If, if you want, you can watch me play through it and shout at how frustrating the game is sometimes. Which is, you know. Yeah. All right. So to preempt all your questions, I will just say, uh, obviously, if if this is correct, I demand to be acknowledged as the victor before there's any questions. Are the answers <laughs> no, to all no, of them? No, I did have boy. a frog boy question, but I've taken I, I since taken it out because I've kind of ranted and raved about how. <laughs> amazing and insane he is at the same time he's a good he's a good companion because he is kind of right like, he, he just you just sort of turn up on his right. island occasionally and he he ah, uh, frog boy frog boy for another day oh. <laughs> yeah. boy. Uh, love me some frog boy <laughs> right i think i had a um one of the episodes might be named after me finally getting this a screenshot of the loading screen with frog boy on it yeah, that's how important he is. Nice. Okay, right. So there's right. five questions as usual, and I do have some tiebreakers if it comes to it. <laughs> Here we go. So, uh, well, actually, I'll tell you what Earthlock is first. So, okay. Earthlock is a sort of JRPG style game set in a weird fantasy universe where there are anim- anamorphic, whatever they're called, animals that talk like humans, basically, that sort of thing. Anthropomorphic, that's the word. I was thinking animals. Anthropomorphic. That was just... <laughs> the animals. <laughs> that's something you can't Official animals video animals games. Video game. They should be. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Good quiz on it. Animorphs <laughs> quiz. Me. So, each character in Earthlock has two stances. One of Amon's. And Amon's the main character that you get to play as, or one of the main characters anyway. Um, stances are that he's armed with a dagger. What other weapon does he use? What's his second stance, pretty much? Does he A, use a paintball gun, B, use a spud gun, or three, a regular gun? A spud gun. Hmm. All right. So you are both correct. Yeah, I was going to say spud, spud gun, gun as well. Which is insane. Did you? <laughs> it was the answer I liked. Yeah, the most. which is insane when you some of the things you find and you go, I am shooting potatoes at a giant rock monster, and it's killing it. Sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe like how you know how what's the pH of a potato? It's kind of starchy, and over the course of hundreds of years, the chemical erosion would harm the yeah. rock monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's odd. Anyway, That's the game plan. Next question. So, Amon, the main character, is his uncle A, a beetle, B, a hammerhead shark, or C, a robot lizard? So. Yeah, I missed you. I think Come you again? Lost you. We lost you for that little first Have bit. I? Oh dear. Right, so... You've been robotifying a bit. Restart the question. Question number two. Amon, the main character, is his uncle, 
A, a beetle type creature, B, a hammerhead shark type creature, or C, a robot lizard type creature? I, I, I like the idea of the robot lizard, so I'm going to roll with that. I want to imagine that his uncle is a hammerhead shark. George is correct. Get in the way. <laughs> Piss. That's the idea of everyone sitting at the dinner table and it's just a shark in the Yeah. In Either the I've missed it or um, it's not been revealed yet, but Ammon is a human. <laughs> so how his uncle is a hammerhead shark has not yet been revealed. All right, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know he was a human. Yeah. I was just kind of hoping. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, question number three. So, Earthlock has a lot of other quirky um, characters that are also inspired by animals. But what animal combination is Nart? Is he a pig rabbit? Is he a donkey skunk? Or is he a bear squirrel? A bear squirrel. That's the best combination. His name is Nart, sir. So, yeah, G N A R T. Is his name Nart? I did Nart. Gnart. <laughs> Pig rabbit, right. uh, donkey skunk, or bear squirrel. What were the answers again? <laughs> donkey skunk, of course, is the uh, the rare sequel to Donkey Kong. I'm going to go with donkey you skunk. Say, you are both yeah, wrong. Squirrel. He is a pig yeah. rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, he's. Yeah, you were. They're all wrong. Quite cute and very tiny, isn't he? He is the healer of the team. So here we are. So the the third question relates to the immortal Frog Boy, in uh, tangentially anyway. So on Frog Boy's island, you can craft new abilities and items. What what else can you do? Can you a farm, b fish, c do nothing else? see you're both wrong again you can farm i'm gonna say fish yeah so (laughs) oh no (laughs) so you can as you play through the game you find various seeds and then you can water them and get items that you can then craft and you can level up your your cactus uh i can tell it yeah, I can tell that both what? of you. You're just you're saying you these things because they don't mean anything. It's like I've got my uncle shark and then a, a pig rabbit, and then I went to an island <laughs> controlled by Frog Boy to level up yeah. my cactus. Yeah, what does this mean? Exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I was as surprised as you when I realised that the plants all have levels. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's one of those bits that's like. It's kind of cool nice. there, but when you actually want to kind of get a lot of items to make, for example, you have a plant that you get your potatoes from for your spud gun. But if you really want to make some like fire spuds, then you really have to kind of wait around quite a lot for the the bit of that makes the fire producing stuff. So it's kind of one of those things of where it's like it's interesting, but also kind of a bit of a time waster. So anyway, question number five. At the moment, George is ahead. So, so here we go. Scattered across the world yeah. are special oh, hey. creatures that you it's can use good. to upgrade Frog Islands. Frog Islands? Frog Boys Island. What are they called? Are they called barnacles, clams, or lobsters? 
Barnacle. No. Ah. Uh, I'm gonna roll with clams. Yeah. No, I'm gonna get barnacles. George barnacles. Has the win. They are barnacles. barnacles. They are. Honestly... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I was thinking like. I mean, clams is like a, a word for a currency, yeah, so I was like, I, I, I was like, maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's yeah, a I joke. I was thinking that. I was like, it's, I was like, I feel like there's some sort of currency connection with clams, and then I was like, no, I'm gonna stick to my <laughs> See, guns. See, they nothing, very little like barnacles. I will send you both an image in the Slack, actually, of what the hell they look like. They... <laughs> I suppose they could look like fancy barnacles, but not really. They, I don't, I don't see them being barnacles. Uh, Final well, Fantasy no. 16. <laughs> no, Final Fantasy 16. Frog Boy. <laughs> that's 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 what the next game should be that, that um they make. Anyway, yeah, George George wins again. He is he is crowned champion of again. champion. Winner. He's got the hat trick. Uh, would you like the tiebreaker question for funsies? Yeah. Earthlock Festival on, of Magic developers special games are from which country? A. Sweden B. Norway C. Finland Finland, Finland, Finland mm. a country where I quite want to be I'm going to say they're Swedish You're going Finland then, George You're wrong, they're from Norway Hello <laughs> Quite badly, Gav <laughs> oh, Christ <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm about to die. I've got one question right. I mean like I, I won with Amiga two correct. Uh, three, answers, three. So. three. You both got the, got the first one right, both of you three. Did, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's mm. good. I'll um yeah. I've I've been I keep meaning to I've I've been saving how many questions everyone's got right. I keep meaning to put them into a league table and uh <laughs> George is definitely winning. So, well, that was so. Yeah, probably yes. Uh, so, Gaff, I you would imagine are so. on quiz writing duty for the next. I'm podcast, almost certainly at the bottom. And George oh. needs to think of another topic for us. So. Right. Um. Oh God. Not to say that my quiz writing will be biased, but uh, I may try and pick <laughs> something that George might. Have I mean, a worse to be fair, chance I, I hadn't heard of the, I hadn't heard of the Earthcloth series until Nevi started <laughs> playing it, and yeah, I know it's not. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it's not like that's hampered you here, is it? So pretty far to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's no a game that I supposedly know lots about, Something... and then like in that case, I might I might lose. <laughs> True. <laughs> Pick your favorite one and just be oh, like, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, anyway, if, if anyone wants to watch me play some Earthlock, uh, you can check that out on the YouTube channel. There has been... It sounds yes, like yes. quite the trick. I know at the moment there's been sort of basically no one. So <laughs> I would appreciate one person just to watch even a little bit of all of them. Someone's, the only, only one that's been finished, watched all the way through uh, has, has been like the, the fifth one randomly. I feel like someone left the room and left it running on YouTube because <laughs> all the others have about 20 minutes of watching on them before they got bored. So, uh, yeah. There's other stuff on our YouTube channel. I, I did a, a voice version of the uh, Mini Metro article I did because I was avoiding doing any work. So I did that in an afternoon, which was interesting. 
and we have the well the YouTube version of an interview I did with the Icebox speedgunner developer, which is also in this podcast feed as well. So Yeah, that is a that is a really interesting really interesting interview about Yeah. It's only it is a good interview. I've so listened to it. Got the time. It's it's, it was it was a good listen. Good listen and a good um interview to do. It's fun. Uh yes. I think that about ends it. We usually end with the podcast with we usually end with the podcast, Jesus Christ. Me, we usually end with a quiz. We usually we usually, we do usually end on my victory, that is true. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, we do. Uh, Actually, well, if you're coming a trend now, we begin do and end, end with the George podcast. victory. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be the that's, new tagline, isn't it? <laughs> the bits and pieces podcast won by George Bay. Listen, tune in each week to to listen <laughs> yeah. to me win a quiz. <laughs> This is the, the Georgian Pieces bod- podcast in which in which Nevi and Gavin compete against Georgian quizzes and lose every single time just like, just for an hour and a half. Knowledgeably yeah. guessing. Good guesses. <laughs> was, I, was just, yeah, I was like, I like the sound of a lot of those answers. Yeah. I think I'm going to choose good. those. Um, what else? I was going to plug something else as well that we've been doing recently. Oh, I, I did an article about Until Dawn, which is good read. Um, for anybody who hasn't played that game, or even if they have, it's a really, I found it to be a cathartic write, to be honest, about how the don't move system was. It is, it's about the, the don't move system that you were chatting about in yes, the last couple indeed of it was. Okay. Uh, so I'll try and remember to put a link through you heard it on, on that this podcast, actually, podcast, in the bottom of it, so that people can go and listen. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll whack links to all the appropriate things yes, in the show I will notes. Try and remember to do that. If not, one of you will prod me. I'm uh, sure. Um, but yeah, that about sums it up. So if you found us this podcast without the website attached, then you can visit bitsandpieces.games or follow us on Twitter at bits plus pieces or on Facebook and Instagram at those bits and pieces. And you follow me personally at Nevada Drew on Twitter. And you guys are. Uh, I am at underscore scruffy looking. Super. And, and I am at. It'd be Gavbit. very nice if you could. I think we should wish everyone a happy Christmas because it's very likely that we will not be this doing another podcast this year. So. Yeah. Because there are only a uh, handful oh, of a weeks, fair point, actually. weeks left I'll in this year. Recording. Yeah. <laughs> Sobering thought. Should we? Should we definitely try to do another one so we can have a dedicated crumble cast? That would be nice. Actually, or be nice. We could do just on... leave it in that in that nice little gap of days yeah, between Christmas and New Year. If we if we ever find ourselves sitting around, all the family have abandoned us, and we're like, we "What can we do with our time?" Well, we'll make that promise. Yes. Let's see if we keep it. <laughs> Fun things look forward to, but. And t- yes, and till then, right. happy Christmas. And keep it. Why not keep an eye out for our favourite games of the year, which will be going up on yes, the website yes. soon. That should be uh, interesting and good. It will. Although I don't think any of my games I've written about came out this year, so that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good. Right. Thanks again for listening. Cool. Well, it's a bloody big festive and goodbye from me. Just big goodbye from me too. Gosh. Feels like a stilted ending. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Bye.
This is very stolid. Goodbye.